0: here on Vsin and the Sports betting network. This is the Lombardi line presented by bet MGM. As we welcome you in, hope you're having a nice Saturday. I'm Patrick Maher live from the Vsin studios here at the South point. Michael, after the update, I want to come back and talk about the bears. You and I always laugh. I mean, there's so much juice right now with this team based on the draft, the, right? the drafting of field. So we'll discuss that in just about two and a half minutes quickly. Wanted to mention last night, you saw this, right? Will Hill probably text messaged you. Uh, Cause we close in on the postseason in the NBA. Remember the play-in scenario. The Lakers collapse continues. They have dropped to seventh place in the West. Five games to play after that stunning start to the season. They are now, what, eight losses in 10 games. Dame had 38 last night. And the Lakers lose 106-101 to Portland.
1: And they don't want to play in. I mean, LeBron doesn't want I mean, look, let's face it. Their two best players are not healthy. The one thing Will Hill did say, we talked about this last summer. He said hey look fade some of these over totals on wins because he was right he he felt the effect of the bubble was going to carry over into the season and clearly it has i mean clearly it has the energy level the intensity level we can say the players don't care maybe they're just tired right maybe they just are tired from all what they went through last season to kind of entertain us when we were just on complete lockdown so you know, this Laker team just doesn't look like they can just turn it on, turn that switch on at any time. Now they're in the seventh seed, you know, Denver. I mean, look, Phoenix is one game out of being the number one seed in the, uh, with Utah. That's battle still going on. And they blew out the Knicks much like we thought they would.
0: Yeah. Remember, seven through ten in both conferences start 17th of May coming up here in just a bit to play in, uh, trying to generate some buzz the it's it's just insurder's been missing as well for the lakers so that's huge yep. to not have the point guard uh michael quickly mentioned new orleans we talked about philly beat new orleans 109 107 an ugly win Embiid was great 37 and 13 but this one's big for the pelicans they played,
1: they played zone in that game which was interesting patrick they played a lot of zone they tried they really tripled Embiid, even though he had 35 he was boys. tremendous yeah but they re- They really complicated. I wondered what Van Gundy was doing, if this is going to carry over to the playoffs, because they really stifled the 76ers, and they just basically stuck their tongue out and said, we don't think you can make enough shots. Now, Tobias Harris made a couple threes at the end of the game, which really won the game for me at 17 points. But Danny Green couldn't make a shot. Steph Curry was a little lost. And because, you know, they really couldn't get the ball into the low post, you know, and and Simmons wasn't able to drive into the zone, so it kind of shut them down. To me, this was a game that I thought that coaches going forward are going to use once we get to the playoffs, not the regular season, to try to stifle the 76er offense.
0: Michael, if you take a look at the West, the Pelicans now two and a half out of the play-in. Yeah, I mean, they're done. and it may be a one and done for Van Gundy. Not hoping anybody loses their job, but that's been a rough experiment uh, with Van Gundy.
1: I, I got to say last night, I was thinking about that. You know, they played so damn hard for him last night, Patrick. They did. No, you he's know? a good dude. I mean, he's it, 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 it would have been interesting. I mean, They've been struggling defensively, too. And, and I mean, you know, I, yeah. thought, I thought for sure that would have been a 30-point loss for, the, for uh, the Pelicans based on just five of the last eight guys they don't have on the team. But they came and they played hard. and They played with great. Their bench was in the game. They were active all game.
0: When I say struggling offensively for the Pelicans, it's getting those pieces to fit. When Ingram and Zion are out there, it just it looks a little disjointed. We'll continue and get to the Bears coming up next. First, here's an action update. Speaks
2: this is Brent Musburger, and here is your V action update. Now, here are the latest lines from My Guys in the Desert. Red Sox in first place in the American League East with a 20 and 13 record. They're a dollar forty-four favorite at Baltimore today. Garrett Richards pitching for Boston. The total nine and a half flat. Lansland of the Hill for the White Sox. are laying a dollar seventy at Kansas City. The Royals have dropped six straight, eight and a half over the total. Will Crow on the hill for the Pirates, a buck 60 dog at the Cubs. Trevor Williams pitching for Chicago at Wrigley. As the Cubs play for their fifth straight win, they're a $1.75 favorite. In the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets laying three at Denver today, 231 the total. The New York Rangers, a $2.40 underdog at the Boston Bruins vSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members-only Best Bets email, and in-depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10-day free trial, vsin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Sennett. Get the latest vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about.
0: GM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. It has all your favorite wagering options. Go in-game betting, boosted-odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and start placing your bets anywhere in the state. Remember, if you're in town here in Nevada, go to any MGM property, bring your state-issued ID, and you're going to be going within minutes, okay? you got to be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. You've got a gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we're going to transition here as we welcome you back in. I'm Patrick Maher Live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi hanging out in his office there in Jersey in Ocean City. We're going to transition to the NFL. Just quickly want to say, that's a heavy number tonight on the second half of a back-to-back for your 76ers hosting the Pistons. Oh, yeah. There no need to cap it, but just who beat at, them.
1: Who, who I know who beat them earlier in the season beat they, them earlier in the season. Listen,
0: they were laying 11 last 11 and a half last night. They win. Don't cover. They're laying 10, 10 and a half tonight with the Pistons in town. Second half of a back to back. You don't know how, if Embiid's going to play, uh, I, that's a heavy number to lay.
1: Remember, Embiid was questionable when we did the show Friday afternoon. He was questionable. We reported that here, came in. I doubt if he plays tonight, you know, and the Sixer bench has blown three of the last four game leads that they've had. They haven't played very well. Uh, Shake Milton hasn't done a great job. George Hill's been a better defensive player than he's been an offensive player, haven't made shots. Thibel has been so inconsistent offensively. So, to me, that's a lot of points to lay. I I know the Pistons are not a great team, but. Look, the Pistons beat them earlier in the season, and these are the kind of games the Sixers kind of just go through the motions, you know? They just go through the motions, and they don't have that, you know, and Doc kind of just says, well, that's part of a long season. You just got to deal with it. Look, they've got five games left. They have a three-game lead. You know, they can nail this one down. You have four games left with a three-game lead. You got a chance to really secure it now. You know, I think the 10 and a half is too much. I would take the points.
0: Yeah, 100%. Listen, they want to lock down, Michael, the home home court advantage because they played so well there the past couple of years, but they're up three with five to play. It's a very interesting spot. I don't think they're I don't think Embiid's going to play tonight. Okay, let's transition. No no chance. If if the Lombardi was handed out during the offseason for buzz and just overall vibes, well, the vibes right now in the Windy City. Unbelievable. How about Chicago all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, they're tied with Minnesota well, in division. I mean, what do you? are you buying the Bear Packers' f- buzz? Excuse me, the Bears' buzz?
1: I mean, give Bear fans some. I mean, they've waited for a quarterback, right? All they've read is nothing but great things about Justin Fields. I mean, they've been starving. They've listened for the last five seasons about – how they blew it with Deshaun Watson. A lot of it coming from my big mouth. Uh, they listened to how they blew it on Patrick Mahomes. A lot of it coming from my big mouth. And that they ended up with a bad quarterback. Most of it coming from my big mouth. So, you know, they've, they've actually are like, finally, we have somebody that there seems to be unanimous agreement on that Justin Fields can save us and give us a quarterback that can play at an effective level. But my question about the Bears, and for Bear fans, I think if you're honest with yourself, your defense didn't play anywhere near the level. Now, there's a lot of conversation about, well, Chuck, Chuck, uh, Chuck Pagano retired. He didn't retire. He was forced out. I mean, they had to make a change on defense. They should have made a change on offense, but that's a whole other story. You know, Chuck needed – Chuck, that scheme wasn't working. Khalil Mack last year was the real concern. I mean, in the 16 games he started, he only hit the quarterback 13 times. Now, he had 11 sacks, but he only hit the quarterback 13 times. Akeem Hicks hit the quarterback more often at 21 times than, than, than Khalil Mack did. Khalil Mack had slipped. He's slipping. And that lack of rusher, he's over 30. Akeem Hicks is over 30. They lose Kyle Fuller. You know, Kyle Fuller. It was one of their better corners. He was sixth in the league team in tackling. They lose him. Buster scryme was a guy that didn't play well for them. But so, for the most part, this is an older team that has to rely on their defense. You know, Robert Quinn, they make the big trade for. Robert Quinn starts six, 15 games. He touches the quarterback. He, gets, he touches the quarterback for two sacks and only six hits. That's hugely disappointing. Hugely disappointing. So where are they going offensively, defensively? I think that's the question. They're going to have to sort out offensively. And for me, if I were Matt Nagy, and I'm not, I would say to myself, look, what, what do I have the best chance to do? I absolutely have to be able to go and get somebody that I can count on to give me an offense around them. Because last year, yes, David Montgomery rushed for 1,000 yards. But their second leading rusher on the team, was Cordell Patterson. He had 64 attempts. Unreal. right? Who is the backup running back? The third leading rusher on the team was Mitchell Trubisky with 33. Like, if Montgomery gets hurt, where are we going? Where are we going? And I think that's the biggest concern, is two factors offensively. Can we run the football effectively with two new tackles? we got the rookie Smith over here from Oklahoma State. We'll see if he can do it. Who's going to be the right tackle? Who's the backup runner? Who is the back? It's not, it's not Cohen. It's not going to be Cohen. Who's the backup runner? Damian Williams, who they signed from Kansas City? I doubt that. And if they want to start playing this as an all-pass game, and then they play the rookie quarterback where they put the all-pass on Andy Dalton – I think all hell's going to break loose offensively.
0: Yeah, they just couldn't run the ball the Bears last year. I'll say, I'll tell you this, the Bears fans listening and watching a marquee right now would say uh, the second runner is Justin Fields. They're, they'll curtail an offense around him. I, listen, I brought it they up just, just because this quickly, they Michael, should. seven and a half for the season went total. But what surprises me is they're essentially tied. Packers are still your favorite at MGM as far as betting favorites in division. But the Bears and the Vikings are essentially tied up, which surprises me
1: i don't see it you know and then the, you know the bears have the ninth road game which you know i think the vikings have the ninth home game which you know you got to play that in that that ninth home game sure. especially with minnesota with the crowd noise coming into minnesota is going to hugely affect their ability to play run defense and i think that's one of the things they missed last year obviously not having michael Pierce, they signed dalvin tomlinson which will help their interior defense in minnesota But for the Bears, there's so many questions. Can they throw the ball down the field? Trubisky averaged 6.92 yards per attempt. But, you know, you say, well, Nick Foles, he was at 5.94. Where's the -the down-the-field passing game? You know, as a team, they've averaged 6.39. And last year, they they gave up 7.2. They were the worst team, Patrick, in the National Football League when they blitzed playing uh, the quarterback's rating was the highest of any quarterback in the league, no matter who they played. The quarterback rating when they blitzed went up. So every time they called a blitz, something bad was going to happen for the Bears. And I just don't know where they're going to get this ability to, you know, create an offense. And if they go to fields, which I think they should right away, why waste time with Dalton? To me, Dalton is like, you know, you're playing Texas Hold'em. And you get paired and you get dealt a couple twos on on the first draw. Like, do you really think you're going to win this hand? Do you really think you're going to win the hand with two twos? Like, seriously, a lot of things got to go really well for you on the next five flips or else you're in a lot of trouble. And I think that's where the Bears are with Dalton.
0: Well, it makes a ton of sense what you said about those defenses blitzing the Bears. They didn't have to respect the run, so they just pinned their ears back and say, let's go. Now, I want to ask you about fields because you said this yesterday and I love it. First off. Last I checked, betting odds, week one starter in Chicago. Dalton's still your favorite at like minus 170, but you're getting a number of plus 160 coming back the other way. If Nagy had his way, first off, it's built in. It's a rookie. You're going to get another year out of this. If Nagy had his way, you said you think he should just start Justin Fields week one. I mean, Nagy
1: got a mulligan on draft day. He got a big, huge mulligan. And so what I would do if I were him in that basement with all those play cards, cards against the wall, I would just simply say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to craft an offense around Justin Fields. And I don't really care that we gave Andy Dalton money. He can be the backup. If he's unhappy, so be it. Nick Foles can be the backup, too. But the only chance I have to really create something sustainable here in Chicago is to play this young kid and play him quickly and make so that the offense is tailored around his skill set. What does he do most effectively? Like what Andy Dalton does and what – Justin Fields do effectively are not the same thing. They will never be the same thing. So the sooner they get into Justin Fields, the sooner they feel that lift coming from the player. You know, and this is what I'm concerned about, not having another running back on the team. Montgomery's a good player, average 4-3 a carry. But who else is going to carry the rock a little bit? Who else is going to help their offense? (laughs) Fields, all kidding aside, don't you have to plan a little
0: differently with him behind uh, under center?
1: Uh, uh. I just think exactly right. I think it takes some of the pressure off this offensive line with two tackles that we're not sure of who can really play. And I think that, you know, what are you going to hang your hat on? You know, one of the things about being a great leader is is you have to make things simple for everybody else. That's the number. If you said to me, what is Nick Saban's greatest strength? What's Bill Belichick's greatest strength? And I would say to you, their greatest strength is they take a complex problem and make it very simple. That's their greatest strength. That's what Warren Buffett does. They take complexity and turn it into simplicity. And I believe that. And I think if you're Matt Nagy, you have to take this complex issue of who's going to start quarterback and how do I tailor the offense and make it real simple. You know, Napoleon once said, you know, keep your plans simple so your enemy understands them. That's really good. Because why? Because you want to be able to adjust to how they adjust. So play fields. Why wait? You know, Baltimore waited until they got a three-game losing streak in 2018 before they put put, put Lamar Jackson on the field. They will they, they were never going to play him because there was so much inside their building. Forget about what they're saying now. Internally in their building, some people didn't want to draft him. Some people certainly didn't want to play him. John Harbaugh made the call. They played him. They won seven of the last eight games. The same thing happens all over the place. I mean, Justin Herbert wasn't going to play until, until Tyrod Taylor got his rib punctured. So for me... I think, forget the plan. The plan went out the window, right? You know, it's what Al Davis used to say all the time. I'm not looking to be consistent. I'm looking to be correct. If Matt Nagy wants to be correct, then what he would do is play fields right now. Get him out there and build an offense around him and say, you know what? We are going to do this for the next five years. Why am I waiting? Because all I'm doing with Andy Dalton is playing, you know, $5 blackjack. I'm eventually going to lose. I may be out here for three hours, but eventually going to lose money.
0: Hope and optimism in Chicago. You know, you can get big plus money on the over seven and a half at a couple of books. Are they an eight, nine team. Uh, you think I mean, seven and a half is a good number there. It's it actually I think, juiced up a little bit to I the think, over here.
1: I, I think if you think Fields might be the starter, you might want to play the under, because they're going to go through some growing pains. They're going to go through some growing pains. But look, Andy Dalton for the Dallas Cowboys last year with better skill players around him than he had, than he has in Chicago was not very good. And he got hit a lot in Dallas and he's going to get hit a lot
0: in Chicago. There's no doubt about that. Stop with the Dalton stuff. Just, you know what? That's just a charade. Let's just move on. You think it is? No, not you. I think I love your point about just starting the kid. I I think fields has got a little chip on his shoulder. What do you have to lose? What's the
1: difference between the jets and the bears? Like, seriously, people. well, the Bears went to the playoffs last year. Well, yeah, okay, they were 8-8. They got romped down and down. But seriously, what is the difference? Well, the Bears have a better defense than the Jets. And if they can get them to play at a higher level, if there's ever a team, if they can get their defense to rise to the level it was two years ago, three years ago, you can carry a rookie quarterback. And what better way to play them? Get them going. Look, September may not work out well, but you're doing this to get the team to perform at a higher level come November and December.
0: Yeah, and Millie knows this. When Savannah's hosting Jeopardy, the question's going to be, this is the most surprising team to make the postseason in the last 10 years. Ding, ding, ding. Who is? Yeah. The 2020 Chicago Chicago Bears. Bears. Hey, I thought yeah, you, you I quoted mean, Napoleon. I thought you were going to quote Napoleon Dynamite for a second there. You got anything for us there? No,
1: no, no I don't have anything on Gosh. that. You catch me off guard. I got to research that. You know? <laughs> no, okay. Well, listen, there. it's a long Stephanie day. Stephanie laughing over yeah, there. I know. Yeah. She's cracking I'm up. Glad we, I'm glad we keep you entertained, Stephanie. I'm glad we do.
0: Her favorite conversation, I can assure you, was the Jeopardy conversation at the beginning of the show. Homegirl, <laughs> she even lost the mask for that one. She was into it. Uh, we do have odds on the week one starter. Speaking of Steph, her New England Patriots. Do you look at this starting quarterback situation with the Patriots a little bit the same? If Mac Jones can catch up and there's a different standard there with Bill Belichick, but if he can catch up, you see the number big time favorite cam Newton 280. Mac Jones to be the starter week one, three to one.
1: I think the reason the odds are different here is because the coach is different and the alternative is different. Bill's not going to lose his job. Bill's not needing a mulligan. Okay, and I think what Bill's tried to do is is and what he does every year is say, look, somebody's going to have to, someone's going to have to win this job. I'm not giving any job out. You know, when he meets with the team, you know, for the first rookie minicamp, and when the team comes together as an entire team for the val for the mandatory minicamp, they're all told one thing: the best players will play. Yeah, the best players will play. Right. And so I think that Cam's going to have a leg up. Now, I do think that Mac Jones is really smart. I think Mac Jones is really engaged. And I think he'll really prove to be what they want to be in the passing game. Because here's what people say all the time. Well, you know, the offense is going to be completely different. Well, it will be. The run game will be. The passing game in New England will be similar for Cam as it will be for Mac. It'll be similar for Cam as it will be for Mac because they're go- it is their passing game. That's what it is. Now, it could be more expansive for Mac. It could be less expansive. It could be more for Cam. But it's going to be the same. And I know from talking to my son and talking to other people up there that they're going to work this in. But you're going to have to prove you can do it on the field. It's not going to be given to anybody. I think the Bears are different because, look, the alternative isn't really very good for them. You know, Andy Dalton, the alternative for – they won seven games last year with Cam Newton. It wasn't good enough by no means, but they didn't have very good talent around them. I think they want to give Cam the chance to see what he can do with talent around him.
0: Do you believe in Cam?
1: I, I – you know, early in the season last year, Patrick, I really did. I did. I thought he was – Me plain. too. I, I said to myself, I thought –
0: I got thought COVID would too, Michael. Them.
1: And then he got – and then that whole month of October kind of fell apart. And then it didn't look like he could throw the ball. So there's a part of me that says he can't throw it anymore. But if you go back, watch the Raider game, watch the Miami game they won at home. I mean, that's September. You know, they got a chance to beat Kansas City. You know, they're playing them. You know, Seattle, they're driving the ball down the field to win that game out there early in the season. And they turn it over late. You know, there was a lot of, and, they, and then their defense fell apart too. So there's a lot of things to correct here.
0: Let's talk about the AFC odds, AFC East odds. Pardon me. When we come back, you see the nine and a half as far as the Patriots win total at Bet MGM. Shop for the best number. If you want to go over that number, you can find a nine on the market right now as far as the Patriots season win total. All right. We come back. Plenty of Napoleon Dynamite, Jeopardy, and the AFC East as we continue. Eat all the chips, Kip. Gosh, we continue. It's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Preakness takes time, and FirstBet is the best place to start your betting. Action, analysis, wagering on every race. You get the AI-assisted picks. FirstBet is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. Secure payments, attentive customer service. It's all brought to you by ExpressBet to get you ready for the Preakness. First bet is giving you $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now through May 15th. You got to use the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everybody who redeems this $20 bet offer will receive full access to vsyn.com and the subscription for free products. It's It can't get better than this. Remember, promo code VEGAS20. For all the information, it's simple vsyn.com slash horses. That's vsyn.com slash horses. Michael Lombardi, okay, we've got our buddy Thomas Gable coming up. You know, We've long discussed the AFC East as an imbalanced division. Quickly, it's become very competitive, right? I mean, we'll throw the numbers up. Your favorite in-division should be the Bills at minus 155 to win it. The Dolphins are your second betting favorite, close, plus 325. The Patriots are 3.5, and and then the Jets, some promise now, 20-1. to But that's suddenly become a very competitive division.
1: Well, it's all led by... The quarterback, right? So the Bills used a first-round pick to get Josh Allen. The Dolphins used a high draft pick to get Tua. The, the Patriots used the 15th pick overall in the draft to get Mac Jones. And the Jets used the second pick in the draft to get Zach Wilson. So we've got four number one picks, three of them extremely high in the draft, and one in the middle of the draft. So right. if that doesn't turn four teams around, then the drafting process was wrong. And I think that's why there's so much optimism. I mean, look, Josh Allen took, you know, took the league by storm. I mean, look, Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football said he was an MVP candidate last summer. I thought it was ridiculous because his inaccuracy was always going to catch up to him. And he proved on that. And he was a, a, a could have been an MVP candidate down the road, but to me, I think it was clear that Josh Allen's improvement was not something that I visualized happening based on his inability to throw the ball consistently with accuracy. That happened. Tua's got the same question mark. Can he prove that he can throw the ball down the field? Remember those numbers I talked about yesterday. Why was Ryan Fitzpatrick so much better than Tua? Well, on first down, he averaged nine yards per attempt. Tua averaged 6.5. Yards per attempt on third down, the key most critical down in football where you've got to keep the football to average 4.55, you know, and and Ryan averaged 5.55, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that yard is significant on third down. So, you know, that remains to be seen. You know, but last year, you know, the Dolphins had Fitzy. You know, the Patriots had Cam, who didn't really throw the ball that effectively. And then the Jets with Darnold, who's a good player. If Darnold could stop being the light, you know, the the airy kind of kid who makes the stupid mistakes, he could really turn our team around. And you know, there were moments when he did play well. Look, the Jets lose to the Raiders. Had no business losing that game. They played well. The Raiders, you know, the Raiders said, well, we should have never. We should have been a nine and seventeen. We shouldn't have lost to the to the the Dolphins in the last 40 seconds. Well, you also shouldn't have beaten the Jets, right? Because of Greg Williams.
0: Be careful when talking about Tua. It is Mother's Day weekend. We got, I, I, he has I, a mom. I understand. He has I understand a mom.
1: that. And I'm not saying a bad word. I'm saying this season is so important for him. It really what is. What are your
0: expectations you, for him?
1: They're not high because I don't see him throwing the ball and driving the ball from the pocket. I don't see an elite player. I don't. Now, maybe I'm wrong. And I'll be first to admit that I'm wrong, but I don't see an elite arm. I don't see an elite athlete. All I see is people say he's got it, that he's got an elite it. And what really concerns me is, and I wasn't even asking for it or searching for it, is when people, when the players at Alabama, without prompting, without prompting, said, oh, it's not close. Mac Jones is a better player. Right. Like, without prompting. Like, let's not complicate this. Let's not complicate the drafting process. And the noise from the outside was so strong on Tua. Look, I mean, you know, you know who should be thankful every single night of his life? Really, Tom Telesco, the general manager of the of the Los Angeles Chargers, should be thanking God every single day of his life because he was stuck with Justin Herbert because he was going to take one or the other, and just by happenstance, he got the better player. You see the
0: number. And it's not even close. No, I know. It's not even no, close. No, it's, it really And isn't. it's not – here's
1: the reality. It's not debatable. Like, you can sit there and say, Lombardi, you just won't give up on the Mac Jones thing. Well, well, I'm, if I talk to – if I put three or four people on the witness stand, I think I would be correct. But that's beside the point. It's not debatable about, about who is the better quarterback, Herbert or Tua. It's not.
0: Expectations sky high for the Dolphins. You see the nine as far as a win total, but juiced up huge. It's going to nine and a half at MGM. But it has to go
1: at what, minus one fifty. I mean, geez, oh man, why? You know, why would you take it at? at minus 150. I mean, that, that half, they have the, you know, I think you really have to play into the fact that they have the, who has who has that other, other home game? That
0: nine home game makes a difference. Wait, you had an opinion on Mac Jones? I don't remember that. I've just, yeah, memory's I just, memory horrible. What happened? what happened? It's horrible. We come back, <laughs> Thomas, Thomas, well, Gable. Thomas Gable. Yeah, What's we'll Thomas Gable? Out. How's that? We'll go to the Borgata and bring in Thomas Gable from behind the book here on a Saturday edition of the Lombardi Line. Did you know VSEN.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? You can track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup and all the betting information you need. For example, we see that number come down a full run in St. Louis today. We've got that right there at VSEN.com. So important for the better to understand the information. It's com. For more information, you can sign up right now for free. And, and we're doing that for right now for 10 days. So go to vison.com slash subscribe, vison.com slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, Thomas Gable, the Borgata from behind the book joins Michael and I here on the Lombardi line TG. As we say, hi, it's kind of a busy day, right? You got a ton on the diamond uh, on h- hockey as well as we get closer to the postseason, the NBA. Plus you've got the UFC and you've got Canelo fighting tonight.
3: We do. We also have Canelo fighting tonight. So big, big fight uh, there. I mean, I don't know if uh, I'd want to lay the price on Canelo. It's I think you'd have to lay about $8 on him right now. But uh, may want to look uh, maybe Canelo by decision. Um, but uh, it should be should be a decent fight. Uh, but I mean, Canelo is just obviously uh, top of the class.
1: Thomas, you've got to be excited because Governor Murphy here in the great state of New Jersey just said that we are allowed to go to 100% occupancy. The bars are back in play. You could sit at a bar. However, you still have to be six feet distance from somebody else. So that's really got to help the crowd at the Borgata, huh?
3: Yeah, I, Michael. To be honest with you, I don't share the enthusiasm. I think it's a little bit of a smokescreen on his part, um, not doing away with the six feet social distancing. So nobody really is going to be able to get back to 100% occupancy. Like he, you know, he says you can go to 100% occupancy, but keep the six foot social distancing. Nobody has that kind of square footage to play with. So um, even at the bar, I mean, it was nice to see people back sitting at a bar again yesterday. Uh, yesterday was the first day, but. Uh, Uh, I think it's still until he lowers that six-foot social distancing, uh, you're not going to see 100% occupancy indoors, at least in Jersey.
0: Well, there it goes. Michael, you told me you were going to go celebrate with a keg stand there at the Borgata today. And now you can't (laughs) Thomas Gable wet blanket on it by old wet blanket Gable. Let's go, Thomas. Uh, It is going to be a busy day at the Borgata. We encourage you all to stop by and a bunch of basketball to bet. I want to start with that 76ers number. It does feel heavy at what? 10 and a half right now with the Pistons in town.
3: Yeah, ten-and-a-half uh, Sixers are laying here. Total 218, which has come down from the opener, 221-and-a-half. Uh, Sixers escaped with a two-point victory last night against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, that, that's sort their season I seventh straight win. But I feel like this team has gotten lucky a few times over the past week playing clearly inferior teams here. Um, And the other thing, really, all the Sixers starters last night played more than 30 minutes, which is not what you really want when you're playing the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. And they struggled in the second half against the zone defense that New Orleans was was using and kind of brings back the bad memories there, Michael, for the Sixers fans because they really struggled with spacing against zone defenses under Brett Brown. But I give them credit. For the most part, they've done better this year uh, against the zone. But maybe last night was an anomaly.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, Danny Green couldn't make a shot. Seth Curry was not. I mean, Tobias Harris made the two threes late in the game. But, no, they turned the ball over almost 20 times last night against that zone. They couldn't get good looks. They couldn't get the ball into the P, even though the the big guy had 35 points. But I think what we forget, the last time these two teams played back in, uh, what was it, January the 25th, I mean, Detroit won 119-104. And Philly was only a a four-and-a-half-point favorite back then. And, you know, before that, they played in Philly. Detroit was, uh, was, was a dog by eight and a half points, and Philly won 114-110. So, Philly's yet to be able to dominate this series, even though they have one of the, one of the wins. So, I agree with you. I think they'll be resting players tonight. I think he'll have to rely on his bench tonight to see if they can eke out a win. Now, who's going to play for the Pistons remains to be seen. Jeremy Grant, is he out? You know who Mason Plumley? Who's playing? You know Josh Jackson? Is he going to play? I mean, all that comes into effect. But I would suspect the big fellow is not going to play, Thomas. And I think this line, even though it's moving to ten and a half, or it's at ten and a half on my sheet, it's moving there. I think it's going to come down. I think if you want, if you want to take the Pistons, take them right now because I think that line's going to slide back under ten soon.
0: I can't see him be playing tonight, Thomas. I cannot see him no, be playing no. on the second half.
3: I definitely don't think so. I, I was actually sort of surprised to see him last night um, in action. But, I, again, I just don't know. And I don't think anyone even on the Sixers team at this point really feels great. I mean, yes, seven-game win streak is nice, but they're playing against teams that are not quality teams, and they're not really – Performing up to where you think that the Sixers should be at, and they're and they're a healthy team at this point, minus Embiid's shoulder soreness or whatever else is going to ail him day to day. But um, they just are not performing where I think they want to be performing at this point.
0: Thomas Michaels discussed this, and it is astute that the Nets they don't really care about home court uh, they're right. in danger of falling to the third seed there with Milwaukee overtaking them in two I believe they've lost four straight coming into this matchup with the Nuggets
3: mm-hmm. yep. looking to avoid a fifth straight loss tonight here um, against Denver who they're coming off a 127 120 loss to Utah last night the Nets have find themselves down three games to the Sixers with five to play in the regular season uh, Nets are laying four here. Total 231 at the moment. Um, we have seen some line movement here towards the Nets. We opened this uh, them laying two and a half, so they're now up to four. Um, this will be the last home game of the regular season for the Nuggets. They'll they'll end up with a four game road trip to. Uh, close out the season, but really, question here for the Nets is can they get healthy before the playoffs? No one's doubting what this team is capable of. If everyone's healthy, but will we ever see that? Denver, of course, dealing with their own set of injuries outside. Jamal Murray, who's lost to the torn ACL. They're missing Monte Morris for the hamstring, Will Barton for the hamstring, P.J. Dozier. Morris is probably the closest to returning of that group. Um, both teams, though, here in this game, they've been playing to the under lately. Uh, look at that. The under is 4-0 and in the Nets' last four games. And the Nuggets are 5-1 and to the under in their last six.
0: Yeah, I wow. agree
1: with that. I mean, Good one. Th- this, this is way too high. The Nets have, even losing four straight, they've played four straight under. So, I, I think you're right. You know, and the highest point total in that stretch was 118 at Milwaukee. So, everybody thinks they're just going to be able to take it and turn it back on. I like the under here as well.
0: Big day on the coast there in Atlantic City at the Borgata today at Borgata Sports. Stop by and say hi to Thomas Gable. TG, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, buddy.
1: Thank you so much, Thomas. Thank you, guys.
0: Okay, we're going to come back with Josh Applebaum and run the board. By the way, did you see Bobby Valentine? He's running for mayor of Stanford. It, for some reason, there it made go. me think of you. Have you ever thought of running for mayor of Ocean City? No chance. No I mean, chance. I just feel like you'd be no good. Chance. Your constituency with no. Berman and Berman, Berman,
1: Berman, Berman would be good as the mayor. Although he has some rules that we'd have to clean up, but he would be good. Right. Yeah, I think I could go for that. We'll get you to no run bikes on the-, the boardwalk after twelve. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, what in a sham! December, in December, in December. nobody's up there That's in December. A joke. I mean, Don't get me
0: started on OC. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) We come back with Josh next here at Lombardi Line. Okay, the king of sportsbooks has you covered tonight. I'm pretty sure if Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders make it to the ring, you win $100. Bet $1 to win $100. But don't forget to use the bonus code VSIN100. Again, BetMGM.com for more terms and conditions. Got to be a new customer. It's paid for in free bets. Also, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-2707-117 for help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text Red Line, 800-889-9789 in Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. As we... Get you going here on a Saturday. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. We're going to be here tomorrow on Mother's Day on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi, hanging out in Ocean City, where he's not going to be the mayor. Here comes Josh Applebaum <laughs> joining us. Now, joining us now. Berman's no go, Berman eventually will be the mayor of Ocean City.
1: There's no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. He'll have that completely captured. I voted for him for the for for the first ward. He got two votes. I voted for him. Millie and I voted for him. He wasn't <laughs> even on the ballot, so that momentum can carry him. Hey. That momentum could carry him.
0: starts with the right in homie. Uh, Josh, yeah. we welcome you did a ton of baseball earlier today. You got a little market update on the NBA.
4: Yeah. So uh, we played a fun game yesterday. We're talking about how obviously this type of, you know, end of the season, the NBA, very volatile. These spreads are very difficult. Uh, there's not a lot of rhyme or reason. It's just tough to predict, but there is an edge a little bit here to these overs, especially if you can layer in a line that rises, non-conference overs. We have seen overs in the month of may do very well, kind of like end of the season. Let's just score a lot, and not play much defense. So Michael, I got two. I'm going to throw at you one. You're probably just okay. going to think it's, it's the most disgusting play in the world here. But, Michael, what do you think about Wizards Pacers, the over-under? It's one of the highest over-unders of the year. It's 247.5 as an opener. And the public is saying this is way too high. Give me the under. It's, it's just there's no way they can it can be that high and go over. However, this thing has risen a little bit. 247.5. Some books are up to 248. I even see a 248.5 out there. And this would match uh, quite a few systems. Uh, when the totals 235 or higher this year, the over is 58%. When it's 240 or more, the over is 59%. You also look at uh, in the month of May when the overstate, when the total stays the same or rises, the over is 20 and seven, 74% here. And the last two matchups, these teams have played or the two this year, uh, Washington won the first one, 154 to 141. That was 295. And then also Washington 132, 124, 256. So Michael, at first glance, it's like, this thing's way too high out of principle. You got to go under, but what do you think? Can they, can they combine to score a lot of points like they have the first two times?
1: Well, and then I think yeah that the layer in that Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb and Edward Sunner are going to possibly be able to play for the Pacers tonight, so you know we know the Wizards don't play any defense whatsoever, and we know they like to go up and down the court and so when you when you look at the game, you know uh you know, it, it becomes challenging. And then add the, add the factor that the Wizards really sh- struggle with Sabonis. I mean, Sabonis combined for 60, point, 60 points and rebounds and assists compared to Westbrook, you know, the last time they played. Westbrook had 59 earlier this week. So they match the level. And you get that kind of production from players, right, from two players. How do you not go over?
0: You know, it's interesting with the Pacers too, when you talk emotion, first off, they're in the playing right now, but they're two and four ATS, two and four straight up their last six. And Josh, I think they're going to be moving on from that one year experiment at head coach. There's a lot of drama in the Pacers organization right now. And I think it should play into the handicapping as well as they, uh, there are some reports out of Indiana that they may have quit on the coach. We shall see, you see the wizards laying three and a half. You got one more to throw at Michael there.
4: Yeah, I got one more for you, Michael. Look at the Spurs and the Blazers. Late night game tonight, 10 o'clock game, but some more system matches to uh, possibly an overplay here. Number one, the total rows. It opened around 231. It's been bet up to 232 and a half. If you like it, you may want to get it sooner rather than later. It looks like it's going to 233. But right off the bat, you got some over money coming in. And this would kind of be uh, some systems that I like, a non-division over. So lack of familiarity, kind of benefits the offense, not knowing how to match up defensively. But non non division overs, 230 or more. They're 54% this year. uh, Tired overs, uh, both teams on the second leg of a back-to-back. The over is 55% this year. So maybe, uh, again, defensively, you're not really, uh, you know, digging in here and maybe uh, leading to more offense. And then, again, the same system, uh, these May overs where the line stays the same or rises, 20-7, and seven, 74%. And I think, Michael, this is another play on, um, you know, the Blazers being one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. So far this season, they're the second worst defensive efficiency. So what do you think, Michael? Is this, is this an opportunity to, to play an over here? Uh, you would have liked it, you know, closer to 231. What do you think? Do we get some points here?
1: I think I, I would. I mean, look, we know the Blazers are not very good. The Spurs are actually a better road team than they are a home team. Yep. I mean, and so they play much uh, improved on the road than they do actually at home, and they score better on the road. So I would even look at, at taking the minus six in the Spurs if I had to, and I also would look at the over.
0: By the way, we have to officially do an about-face on our – Oklahoma City Thunder, who would we say at the beginning of the year, Michael, they're not going to be any good, but they're going to give you effort every yeah. night. They very much are not giving suck. effort every single night. And they, uh, <laughs> they, su- they substituted
1: the effort out. They substituted the effort out. They had no interest in the effort any longer. Right. Yeah. I mean, they just said, you know what? That's it for us.
0: Yeah. It doesn't, it, the Warriors tonight, Josh lane 14, uh, you see him a game above 500 the Thunder have absolutely just tanked and a total of two twenty three, Josh.
4: Yeah, this one's intriguing, and this is just kind of one of those games that I want nothing. Oh, it can't uh, be I, intriguing. It can't be intriguing.
0: <laughs> well, I There's nothing it. intriguing Screw about you this both. game. I'm going to watch the Thunder Warriors tonight, and I'm going to sit there with popcorn, no cocktails, no gummies, <laughs> literally just zone in on the game. It's going to be so much fun. Josh?
4: Nope. Yeah. Patrick, and make sure you play with the, with the sound off like <laughs> Michael Lombardi likes to do, because this one might be rough. I mean, these teams did play the other day and uh, you had Golden State crush them 118-97, so they won by uh, what, 20-something points there in that one. Now, the reason why I called it intriguing, it's a gross game here, obviously, we did have some shops that were like 14 and a half, 15, down to 14, so on the one hand, it's like the line's moving to OKC here a little bit, but guys, I just want nothing to do with, with this one. This is an OKC team that, uh, kind of like the Toronto Raptors you know Raptors have a better record but there are these teams down the stretch you got to put this into your handicapping motivation who's given up who's uh you know quote-unquote tanking for a pick here uh again little movement to the war to uh the thunder here but again 15 14 half down to 14 I'm not touching this one I this could be another uh, Warriors blowout blowout here did
1: The only thing that leads credence to taking the 14, and I wouldn't do it either. I think you're right, Josh. Is the fact that the Thunder actually have won 12 games on the road this year? They're 12 and 21. They've only won nine at home. They actually earlier in the season they were playing better. Wonder how Al Horford's workouts going in the side gym? How's that working (laughs) out for him? Adam Silver has no problem with it. You know, just give you want to workout over there, go, no problem. You know, so uh, 12 and 21 on the away, and nine and 25 at home. So, look, I, I. I, I think the only thing you could play in this one is would be the over because you feel like Golden State will score points and perhaps the Thunder will just... You know, you know, at the end of the game, close it out with uh, easy points.
0: Yeah, good recall by you, Josh. Michael does sit there in dead silence. While wa- <laughs> now, I think it's just the NFL. I don't think I think he turns the volume off during the no, NFL games. No, I turn games. it off. I can't.
1: I can't. I can't listen to the the home announcers when the Sixers are playing. They're two homers. You know, everything's great. Oh. Like I, I don't live in a world where everything's great. You know, I work for Belichick and Al Davis. Like there was nothing ever great, right? So, like, don't tell me that there's just you know that everything's great while I'm watching them blow a 17-point lead to the backups of the backups to the backups of that, so I just mute the thing. I don't need them to tell me what's going on. Actually, even when they were having the conversation, you know, uh, uh, Scott Foster, the referee, I mean, every time I see him, I'm thinking, oh, this is not going to be any good at all. This can't be. It's like when Bennett Salvatore would do 76er games, I would be like, there's no chance. Larry Nemers used to do Raider games when I was there, and he would always do the Kansas City Chiefs games, and, and Al Davis would go berserk like I was scheduling the game for the referees, and I finally had to call Pereira. I'm like, Mike, is this worldwide wrestling? Like, seriously, every home time, every time we play the Chiefs, Larry Nemers from Springfield, Missouri, is the referee here for the game. Is it a travel issue or what? You know? So, I, I just ignore it. Scott Foster is not on my list of referees.
0: All I
4: said is, I, do I you like the volume on? on <laughs> and Bennett Salvatore
0: made an appearance. <laughs> I don't know what the hell just happened. But that's the brilliance of Michael Lombardi. It does feel – 10 and a half does feel a little heavy tonight. Josh and Oh, I'm all over that. I, Josh, honestly, I'm all over that. you got to take the t- 10 and Come on, Apple you know, Bottom, What the know. hell's happening?
1: I mean, oh, if, if you really. Where, where's your hazmat oh, suit? I heard where's that old man. Courage? No, he goes,
0: oh man, that means he disagrees with us because he he pretends to be nice, but he's not No, he's where's weird.
1: your hazmat suit? Why wouldn't you be all over this? They just beat Memphis How's your problem, at Josh?
4: I know. Yeah, guess. I mean, like sitting
0: 10 and a half move back to Des Moines.
4: Uh, <laughs> I'm with you guys. No, Michael, the more I look at, it, I, I do like it a little bit here. I'm just so risk a I little like bit.
0: Yeah. Which one is it? Do you like it? Or do you like it a little bit? Uh-huh.
4: So at first I was looking at it and again, it's kind of like a line freeze and I'm like, Hey, heavy betting on, on the, on the, uh, the 76ers here. Again, we do have Embiid active as of now, but why are you going to play him in this game? You would think he would rest here. Uh, Jeremy Grant's the one I would keep an eye out for. He's questionable. if He's in guys. These 10 and a halves look like some may be creeping down to 10. That's one thing I would look out for. And Michael, one other thing, you mentioned Scott Foster. Anytime Scott, Fo- uh, Scott Foster was refing a game against James Harden and in the in the, uh, the Houston Rockets there, I think betting against Houston and the Rockets ATS was a ridiculous number. Remember, Scott Foster was a, a good buddy uh, of Tim Donahue. They made some of these like 10-second calls before games. It's funny he's still in the league. Somehow he never got in trouble for that stuff.
0: He tried trying to get him yeah,
4: fired, Josh?
1: Well no look if you listen to if you listen to the podcast you know uh if you listen to the podcast about Donahue you know on there I forget the name of it off the top of my head uh it's a tremendous Tim Livingston did a tremendous job with it it's a great podcast you wonder how Scott Foster's still working in the NBA The last one up Benitsal no, It's called Whistleblower it just hit it, it's called Whistleblower I recommend you
0: listen to that strongly I will I'm going to start right now. The Bennett Please. Salvatore making an appearance is literally my favorite part of today. The uh, Josh, you do have a UFC play for this evening.
4: Oh, yeah, go small for you, it, Josh. I know. Michael, this is you're stay up real late for this one. But luckily for you, it's not no, pay-per-view. Not. It's on it's on ESPN here. Uh, but keep an eye out for Marina Rodriguez. She is the main event. This is the uh, main event women's flyweight. Uh, Marina Rodriguez is fighting Michelle Waterson. I think Marina Rodriguez. She's got a little bit of value tonight. Uh, number one, I have a very rudimentary model. Younger, taller, longer reach line move. They all match with Marina. She's a year younger. She's three foot inches taller. Three inch reach advantage, and she went from minus one sixty to minus two hundred. So Emrod uh, tonight, guys. Keep an eye on Sounds out.
0: like a Sopranos replay night for Lombardi.
4: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No,
1: celebration of Mother's Day. Night, Mother's Day. Tonight.
0: Happy Mother's Day. We'll yes. be here tomorrow officially for Mother's Day. Michael, have a great Saturday.
1: You too. Thank okay. you, Patrick. Thank, Thank you, Josh. Josh.
0: Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys, Have a good, good one. Uh, James Salinas and Brady Cannon coming up next. The pregame show. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Mother's Day.